October 29th, 1969. The first ever computer-to-computer link is established on ARPANET, the precursor to the internet, an eventual source of 95% of sexually explicit drawings of Lola Bunny. hear the wind blowing across the moors welcome to the revisionists um it's halloween i'm brian flynn uh i'm i'm zach powers i guess we're stuttering uh we got fear yeah yeah that's exactly Um, that's definitely the theme for the names this week we're stuttering our names because we're we're scared of ghosts And joining us, uh, Micah Thurston, everyone. So glad to finally have you on. Thank you for being patient with me as I was working out the guest list for the show. It's it's great to be here. Um, sorry, I'm trying to... Mm, Micah Thurston, like a vampire? I don't know. Thurst- I th- Micah Thurston for your blood? Yeah, Micah that's it. Thurston there we go. more... Uh, Sonic Youth is a very scary band. I, I I mean, yeah, I guess it sort of can be. Um, Parents didn't understand it at the time, so that's scary for them. Uh, Mike Count Thurston? Yeah, that, of course, the scariest character on Sesame Street. Absolutely. Other, th- other than Abby Cadabby. Um who is just magic. She just has magic powers. Is that a real character? Yep. Um, Her last name does sound like Cadaver. Uh, yeah. So that's something that she has going for her in spookiness points. I'm honestly, I'm kind of mad about Abby Cadabby um, just because like she, she can do magic and no one else on Sesame Street can. And it, it, it breaks the reality of Sesame Street to me. Um, yeah. But. Yeah, this is before it was originally like it was a very gritty. I mean, they had <laughs> David Simon as the showrunner for a number of years. And now to see it reduced to this fucking true blood shit um, is really disappointing from Sesame Street. Uh, yeah. Um, I think we Sorry. all agree. It has. And uh, also it's teaching our kids uh crt <laughs> whoa whoa okay okay <laughs> look even as a joke right now i feel like it's i think they've moved past that one honestly like they don't talk yeah, about that's that actually one true they like that's that was that was like two social panics ago they're yeah. they're on to they're on to well they grooming i think is is kind of still the thing yeah they've sort of They've sort of expanded on that. Um, very funny that a Republican politician was just arrested for masturbating outside of a. Oh yeah, they get arrested. They get arrested for that shit. They get arrested. Yeah, which is yeah. of yeah, course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many, so many republic high-profile Republican like people with cl- very, very, very uh, substantiated. Uh, like accusations of preying on children but yeah that don't count because it's it's straight it's straight uh it doesn't count when it's a, a straight pedophilia yep only when it's 
made up apparently because then anyway um listeners let's not talk about scary things and instead talk about spooky things um there is a smidge of pedophilia in this story yep there there is actually a a, more than a smidge of masturbation um masturbation is not scary no, Kids, if you're if you're listening to this and you shouldn't be, it's natural. Um, <laughs> if your parents have tried to like <laughs> just pop in your door wearing monster masks at random times of the night, they're trying to make you think masturbation is scary. Don't listen uh, and <laughs> divorce your parents. Um, we were all we were all teenage pre eighteen to high school age teenagers and middle schoolers at some point, and yeah. I mean, yeah. we went, we went for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess I can't it... speak for my co-hosts. <laughs> I mean, this is this is the point of the show when I am going to drop in the background track of Bruce Springsteen's Glory Days. Mm-hmm. Um, so, just so you know. Um, Listeners, if you're new to the show, we do more than talk about our own masturbatory histories. Uh, What we usually do on the show is we take a topic from non-masturbatory history. um, And I think we're agnostic about whether it's. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Mm -hmm. Um, It's usually not so much. Um, It, It comes up. It comes up, you know. And I think that's sort of it's a part of life. It's a thing that happens as a person in my mid thirties. That's sort of more my relationship with it now. Um, Anyway, um, we talk about a person or thing from history. One person presents the official masturbation. Yes. Yes. Uh, One person presents the official um, government sanctioned uh, USDA approved. version of that person's story and another person uh, comes up with a batshit crazy alternate history. Uh, And right now we are in the middle of uh, the season that is the spookiest, the Halloween season. Um, The season of the witch, as mm -hmm. Donovan might call it. (laughs) Yes. Or as Halloween three or the Nicolas Cage movie that came out, I think, in like 2013, I want to say. Um, I I don't know why I thought anyone would know that off the bat. Um, I saw it at some point. Oh, really? Yeah, it takes place in the Middle Ages. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I have nothing. I have nothing to counter that with. <laughs> um, I just have to take your word for it. Um, last time we talked about the disgusting story of Carl Tanzler and the alternate history won out um, where he was murdered by his intended victim. Um, and then she uh, puked on his body a bunch. Um, and thank you to Jen Colick for that. And uh, we are about to dive into our last Halloween spectacular topic of the year. Uh, and this is this is a dude I've been wanting to talk about for a long time. Like I first I first heard his story basically in like November or December of last year. And I was just like, okay, this has this has to be a Halloween topic at some point. 
Uh, we're talking Jack Parsons. Um, and Zach, you are doing the actual history. Uh, yep. All right. Uh, whenever you're ready, then take it away. Uh, John Whiteside Parsons, or as he was originally known, Marvel Whiteside Parsons, named after his father. Uh, Marvel, <laughs> I guess, was just his dad's name. You know, so there you go. That is, uh, that's wild. I did not know that. Was born uh, October, that's spooky, 2nd, uh, 1914. Um, yeah, he was named after his dad. Uh, the relationship between his mother and his father deteriorated pretty quickly after his birth. And after the father left the picture, she was his mom was basically like, I don't want you to be Marvel anymore. I want you to be just John. Yeah. He went by Jack a lot. Like as, a normal as, human name that people have. That's yeah. how you know it's a messy divorce. When yeah. your mom doesn't want to call it's you by Jack. She your first yeah. name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so uh, he um, is born in Pasadena, Cal- uh, in Los Angeles, I should say, California. Uh, his family, in spite of the marital troubles uh, that uh, uh, befell his mother, um, who remarried fairly quickly, um, uh, was uh, born to a fairly wealthy family, in particular his grandparents um uh were were you know uh pretty pretty wealthy um the reason by the way his mother uh, left the father is that uh, she discovered that he uh had used a prostitute numerous times um which uh, foreshadowing i guess um but uh yeah so he grows up in a pretty well-off household, particularly because of her parents being quite well off. Uh, he is a kind of, I don't know, unpopular nerdy child. He's obsessed with science fiction and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, sort of isn't, he doesn't do immediately uh, great in school and uh, his obsession with rocketry and space and things like this at a young age sci-fi um and uh, a budding friendship with a uh um a fellow named uh, i believe his name is edward foreman yes edward foreman um who becomes sort of a lifelong friend uh the two of them are two young sort of pyromaniac kids running about town uh, he bounces between a few schools um, because he doesn't do well at uh, some of his initial schools. And then he goes to like this academy where he literally sure. blows up the toilet and gets <laughs> kicked out. With like, um, with a rocket, not with just like a a, a, a a wicked poop. Yes, with a, with explosives. Um, he and his friend Edward are like, big on mixing up like low end explosives and just blowing shit up. I just, um, just want to add his, his backyard as a child was full of craters from him and his friend, Edward, yeah. just blowing shit up in their backyard. <laughs> yeah. That was the main thing. I feel like with a kid like this, like he is very lucky to be born in the era that he was because like, he'd if be a kid like that now would be, 
absolutely. And like, he ends up on rightly. He still ends up on a list. Yeah, um, <laughs> a couple of lists, I, I think. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, they 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 are you know pyromaniacs. They love explosions. They love blowing shit up. Um, one formative experience is he says he summoned the devil when he was 13 years old and made a pact with the devil to go to space. So that was just, you know, typical kid stuff. You like he make... sold his soul to go to space. More or Not... less, yeah. Okay. You play yeah. with a Ouija board one time and you sell your soul to the devil. I mean, it's just... But, yeah, he was adamant, on it. adamant that he summoned the devil at age 13 or so uh, to his room. Um, <laughs> he goes eventually to like after he gets kicked out of that one like sort of like a uh, more tightly wound school for blowing up the toilet. He goes to a more lax more tight, those squares. Uh, <laughs> Kick me out goes, for blowing up the toilet with a bomb. He goes, he goes to a more hippy dippy school where he does very well. Uh, he's actually like pretty smart. Sure. Um, he's just not super great in like traditional. Like the structures, structures of those, yeah, yeah. Um, and eventually, uh, you know, he uh sort of makes his way to Caltech where he always wanted to go, he always wanted to like get involved in spacey shit. Um, and at Caltech, uh, he's still he and his friends, uh, Foreman goes there too. Um, and they know some people beforehand, they are very interested in like space travel and rocketry and things like that, but they're kind of hell raisers on campus. They're still, they still have their interest in blowing shit up. Uh, he and the group he runs with are called no joke, the suicide squad because <laughs> um, they, uh, they have like sort of a reputation for being a little hell raisers in that regard. Um, and he has a correspondence with Werner von Braun, who we've covered earlier on this podcast yeah. during this time. Nazi um, spaceman. Nazi spaceman. Yeah. Uh, and he has uh, also an interest in Marxism and socialism and, and leftist politics at this time in his life. Uh, he's involved with a few groups of that nature, workers' rights, like a lot of stuff like that. Like he gets into uh, uh, that sort of thing while he's mm -hmm. at, 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 Caltech. Um, but uh, eventually uh, he, he and he does do like some fairly impressive stuff like he uh, he forms this group called the Guggenheim Aeronautical Laboratory, um, which is supported by some higher ups at Caltech. Uh, they get some real funding and they work on like some some genuine shit they work on like genuine assisted takeoff and like it pioneers stuff in liquid fuel and solid fuel rockets like genuine advancements in rocket science science uh mm -hmm. that this guy is is involved in um but uh, as with his younger uh, uh sort of obsessions he both enjoys like this concept of space and science fiction and also uh satan summoning um which sort of uh, involved, involves in him converting to uh, a religion called uh, Thelema, um, mm -hmm. which is a religious movement founded by one Aleister Crowley, a popular Satanist. 
Um, <laughs> that's, that's what it says when he's on the local news. Uh, yeah, he he and uh, his uh, his first wife, Helen Northrup. Sorry. I'm just picturing like a Satanist high school where it's like, oh, those those are the popular Satanists. And, and of course, Jack Parsons would be one of the unpopular Satanists. Uh, he was I mixed popularity, I'd yeah. say. Um, I just like the specification. Yeah. First wife. <laughs> oh, yeah. First wife. Um, oh, yeah. So he and his first wife join this religion. They end up going to uh, a place called the Agape Lounge. And Crowley really takes a liking to uh, young Parsons. Uh, and he gets involved with all of their sex magic, which is what they called it. Uh, basically, like they visualized a lot of like things and ideals and things they wanted to come to pass while doing sexual rituals and having orgies and all this kind of shit. So he is living on the lodge and Crowley even taps him to take over the lodge after his passing. Like that's how much he likes Parsons. So um, I did not. I did not quite realize that part of the sex magic was just like sort of almost like the secret, like envisioning an outcome you want to come to pass while you're while you're fucking. Yeah, that's part of it. Like it's I mean, but there's there's ritual components. But yeah, it's like you're I, I guess casting a spell for it because I can think conclusion. of I can think of a couple outcomes that I, I'm sure most people want to come to pass in that in that instance. But yeah, they're pretty short term. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what I read was that if you think if you focus really hard on something while you're orgasming, mm-hmm. that is that is what will come to fruition, which is a great way of thinking. It's like a good life philosophy. If you think really hard about something while you nut, yeah. that's, <laughs> it's going to come true. Yeah, I mean, look, do you, I'm not going to like yuck on a yum. And I, like, I don't think this rises to the level of kink shame. I guess it's actually religious oppression, maybe. But like, it's just like. We all we all know the First Amendment here. Yeah. <laughs> you have the freedom to religion and the freedom to come. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm familiar with that Bad Brain song. Um. Uh, yeah, so he eventually does take over the lodge itself, even before Crowley's passing. Uh, another high and breaking member of the church dies, and uh, Crowley appoints him as the guy who to run the lodge uh, in in 1942 from his mansion on Orange Grove Boulevard. And there is a lot of orgies and sex magic, and by his own admission and his own writings. He's doing like every drug under the sun all the time. He's uh, he's absolutely going hog wild on uh, 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 everything from alcohol to weed to meth to whatever's available to him um, or like early methamphetamines. I don't think modern meth had been invented yet, but you know. <laughs> um, yeah, like your your granddad's meth. Yeah, um, the meth they gave soldiers in World War Two. Uh, this does eventually get him expelled from uh, some of his uh, working conditions, especially because he's showing up hungover or still drunk on like two hours of sleep after a fucking cocaine orgy. Like, 
uh, and saying weird shit to his coworkers, like sometimes even inviting them, like it, it like any of the words in the last five minutes. <laughs> like, yeah, he's he's he eventually is not uh, not great for his career. This 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 whole uh, lodge business, uh, but his uh, romantic life is also bad. Um, <laughs> separates from his initial wife Helen because. He has an affair with her at the time, 17 year old sister, Sarah. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, eventually uh, as time goes on and he's running into all these people at the lodge, uh, a fella uh, comes by, by the name of L. Ron Hubbard. Um, and Hubbard and Parsons initially uh, are very good friends. They get along very well. Um, they do a lot of like masturbation rituals together to do various, you know, uh, magical things, most notably the Babylon working spell, which is <laughs> a ritual that is meant to, uh, uh, bring a goddess to earth called Babylon, who I think as far as I can tell is maybe meant to birth the antichrist. Um, Yeah. Yeah, and so it involves a lot of masturbating and writing and candles and uh, drugs, I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, oh, I, oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, I just need to read this quote. Uh, <laughs> Parsons jerked in the name of spiritual advancement while Hubbard scanned the astral plane for signs and visions. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what the kids are calling it. <laughs> uh yeah so so the parsons wasn't the only person who became sort of friend close with hubbard because uh sarah also became very close with hubbard in that she started fucking him um and uh, eventually sarah runs this idea by parsons that hubbard has which is like mm -hmm. okay we're gonna take uh 21k of your money and buy some yachts, right? And sell them to a separate location where we're going to sell them at an up price because the demand is higher in this spot. And uh, that's the plan. 21K being nearly $400,000 today. Um, uh, and he was like, yes, okay, we can do that. Um, <laughs> So what happens is Hubbard and Sarah take the money, buy the yachts, and intend to completely fuck off uh, <laughs> and steal the money. Um, uh, Parsons, after realizing he's been had, does do like a sex magic curse on them, which to his credit, like they don't get very far in these yachts because they run into a squall. Um, and eventually he's... <laughs> sorry <laughs> uh he sort of tries to like regain his money by like uh legal you know through the legal system as wild as that is but it doesn't really work um i think i think Hubbard had to eventually pay him like 300 dollars back um uh but you know he agreed to a lot of stuff and blah 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 but sarah has fully left him and defrauded him he his career is in shambles and he's working odd jobs i think he did some explosions for movies for a while um uh 
Because Sorry, I'm also I'm also just picturing him where he's like walking out of court and things are like clearly not going his way. Just like, well, do what he got to do. And just like walking into the like, courthouse restroom or whatever. Uh, but he does meet a woman named Marjorie Cameron, uh, who is a bright redheaded woman. Supposedly the Babylon goddess was supposed to be a bright redhead. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was like, maybe this is this is my goddess come to life Babylon and they marry. Um, uh, and, uh, but due to his decreasing, uh, favor in terms of his, uh, career and also the fact that he has several affairs and sleeps with prostitutes, they do eventually separate though. Don't (laughs) divorce. Um, uh, yeah. And, uh, near the end of his life, he's, he's, he's having a tough time. Uh, McCarthyism comes around mm-hmm. and Huac comes for him uh, mostly because he was a leftist in college. Um, <laughs> I'm laughing because it's so predictable and so fucking stupid. Yeah, yeah. He he gets a gig working as a consultant for Israel's rocket program and eventually even lines up a gig in Mexico where uh, his where Marjorie, his last wife has relocated to she's still involved in several like weird cultish fucking things but she's gone down to mexico and he's like listen i got a better job i'm going down to mexico i know that's where you are maybe we can get back together and she seems receptive to it uh but shortly before he is supposed to do that he is mixing some explosions explosives for uh i think for like one of his odd jobs at home and he mixes them poorly and there's an explosion he is grievously injured at his home and dies the next day at the hospital there's like a hole in his face his arm is horribly mangled um people it's ruled as an accident but there's a lot of speculation because this would be a very routine operation for this guy Mm -hmm. uh like it's something he's done a thousand times before and not had a problem with I mean, granted, he's a guy who's addicted to like 85 different kinds of drugs, but, you know, even still, uh, you know, uh, some people believe, um, including uh, that uh, this might have been an intentional death uh, because it might have been part of a right to create a homunculus. Um, Yeah. but uh and uh, for those of you who don't know a homunculus is like a frankenstein yeah it's more yeah basically it's a frankenstein it's kind of like golem or frankenstein yeah it's a it's a yeah i thought that was a shrunken head in a jar that like scientists keep well Uh, yeah no it's it's like a weird custom-made creature that (laughs) (laughs) custom-made Yeah, it's a bespoke it's, monster. It's just a Build-A-Bear, but for yeah. monsters. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, uh, just to, uh, obviously, uh, if there's any details, either of you, you both are familiar with this guy. If there's any details you think I, I sped through, feel free to add. But I just to give the quick version of the life of uh, Mr. Jack Parsons, that's more or less, uh, he dies at 37, by the way. So this is yeah. a pretty... He's not exactly an old man. He he packs he packs it in pretty pretty well. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's um, I mean, Micah and I were talking about this um, before recording. Uh, one of the favorite thing, one of our favorite things that I think I can't remember if this is like part of the HUAC investigation or if it's just like one of the other reasons he loses his jobs with like uh, JPL. Uh, the Jet Propulsion Laboratory, which he helped found. But, like, basically FBI agents come to him um, at one point and are like, hey, are you selling rocket secrets to Russia? <laughs> and, and he's like, no, no, no. Uh, I'm, I'm selling them to Israel. Yeah. It's totally cool. It's, it's worth noting. Yeah, he did work for the Israeli... Uh, space program for a while and um it's worth noting like he is genuinely considered a pretty important figure in yes in like the advancement of space flight and rocket science like in spite of all this other crazy shit going on it's not like he was a slouch in those departments he was genuinely uh an important figure in in developing those those things and like imagine what he could have done if he like either dropped the meth or like the the, the jerk off magic basically like one of the two even not even both like because well, he like i'd say the also, meth first yeah he he lost his fbi clearance yes because he was taking work home <laughs> to sell to Israel, but as we have we as we've learned, you cannot take top secret information home. No, and it's very I relevant mean, today, <laughs> but especially when you when your home is also like an orgy mess house. Yeah. <laughs> if you're having L. Ron Hubbard over to yeah. your house, do not trust L. Orgy. Ron Hubbard. <laughs> maybe well. maybe don't take the rocket science home. <laughs> Based on what Scientology would do later, getting some rocket secrets is small potatoes for Scientology. They had some yeah. operations where they got deep in there. Yeah, you, you got to pay to be in Scientology, though. Yeah, yeah that's true. You just got to fuck to be in Elma. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is like, yeah, that that's the thing where it's like, up until the point when you remember that um, one of the people he is in a relationship with is 17 years old. Like, like there's a lot about this guy that's like just kind of fun and weird. And like, he's definitely by the, like by the end of his life, you definitely understand that like he is not doing well and like he is not <laughs> handling things in a way that indicates he's like of totally sound mind. Um, but like, man, before that, a lot of his life is just like, okay, dude, that's, that's the wildest shit I've ever heard. Go for it. Well, back to his, like his affair, his, mm. his first wife knew, like she knew yeah. she was not happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. And then when her sister got involved, it was kind of, that's game over. Yeah. My understanding was like, they were supposed to be part of like, like a free but love somewhat polyamorous cult, but uh, like that's how he sold it to them but uh, that's not the understanding of the other person in the relationship yeah well it was kind of like an open relationship where only one person was like really pushing for it and the other person's like i'm gonna let you do what you want but like 
Yeah. <laughs> Which we also, <laughs> we otherwise call just cheating. Like that's, Yeah. It's cheating, but with labels. Yeah. Yeah. It's like fun. It's like Satanist cheating. Um, the other, the only other thing I do want to mention, um, is that like, I first heard about this guy on like this paranormal podcast I listened to just for, just for yucks, um, called unexplained, uh, which the thing I love most about it is that it takes itself so seriously. Um, and to the point where it suggested that, uh, Jack Parsons explosion was not the result of like either an accident or a homunculus attempt, but that he finally did actually end up summoning like Babylon or some other demon through his sex magic and be like, have we considered this as a possibility? And it's like, nah, dog, I really, I really haven't. Um, Yeah. And it's worth noting that uh, Sarah, the sister of, uh, Helen, obviously, you know, uh, they started the relationship when she was 17, but even, and that's not good, but beyond that, this woman, we talked about her, I think in the L Ron Hobbit episode, she is. Yeah. Uh, wild. Like Crowley hated her. She, he called her a vampire because she was so disruptive. Uh, and then she helped found Dianetics. So yeah. she's a pretty wild. Yeah. This she is, was down for this cult shit. Yeah. And this is like, of the three women L. Ron Hubbard is married to, still like the second wildest. Yeah. Because like, there's his first wife, who is like, just fully on a victim of L. Ron Hubbard. Not all, like all these women are to an extent victimized by L. L. Ron Hubbard. I don't want to like, misconstrue that. He is a huge manipulator. Um, but then like, his third wife who basically becomes like one of the chief leaders of Scientology. Yeah. It's, it's wild. Uh, but Zach, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Micah, whenever you are ready. Oh boy. So Jack Parsons was in fact born in Los Angeles, California. That's La La really where the story starts to diverge. Okay. <laughs> now, uh, I will I will admit a lot of what Zach said is correct. He did have a friend in high school, at least one. Um, <laughs> That's friend good. Was named Edward, and <laughs> like most of us, you know, he had he, they were they were good friends. They played with their rockets together. You know, they were teenagers. It's what they did. Um, <laughs> had multiple explosions in the backyard. It was a time to be alive. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna skip we're gonna skip ahead to Thelma, the sex magic cult. A lot of it you might think is kind of crazy. <laughs> it is in fact real. Oh, as a child, Jack really worshipped these pioneers of rocketry, Werner von Braun specifically. And problematic time, choice, but in. At the time, it wasn't. Yeah. But <laughs> well, no, it still was. It was just they didn't know yet. Yeah, I mean, we'll give them in a- the nineteen forties. It might be the most problematic time to push oh. Porter von Braun. <laughs> but during his sex magic cult orgies mm-hmm. with L. Ron Hubbard, all he wanted to do was meet Werner von Braun and have a genuine conversation with him and learn mm-hmm. from him. 
as one would do. He wants to be his apprentice. Um, obviously, some sh- some shit happens with the FBI. He loses clearance. He tries to tries to sell rocketry secrets to Israel. He was also trying to sell them to to Russia, but yeah, he didn't want to admit to that. Yeah, that's uh, so he lost that's he fair. lost his clearance ultimately, and that really did him in. Mm-hmm. And he did he did end up working on a movie set. But at that time, he did end up meeting Werner von Braun. At this time, Operation Paperclip was in full swing, I think. And so Werner von Braun was in the United States, funnily enough, in California on this movie set. So while meeting Werner von Braun in this laboratory, mixing these explosives, they have this lovely conversation about time travel Mm. of all things. Because in his free time, Werner von Braun was working on a secret project for the Germans to travel through space and time. Oh, no. Look, if, if, there's, if there's one... Actually, no. I feel like a lot of there's a lot of German people who, if they had a time machine, would go back and make, make it... Look, kill baby Hitler, basically, is it, it what I'm saying. It doesn't go back. It, it only goes forward. Okay. Okay. This is how they prefer... Yeah. So... <laughs> Obviously, he doesn't want to test it himself. And, and to all those people who would go back and kill Baby Hitler, uh, I know killing a baby seems difficult, but also I would, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay something out here for you. If it wasn't Hitler, it would have been somebody else. It was a culture. Like, it, yeah. was, it was a big, big, big social thing that was building up for many years. Yeah. Hitler was not a particularly yeah. unique person. It was just, that was, that was a culture that was made by a lot of people. Yeah, that's so here's a here's a list of a whole lot of babies. That yeah, actually, you need to go back and take care of. I need this on my desk by Friday. Hey, um, what's what's the life of one baby? Or that's like, the ultimate question. <laughs> Look, if that baby's a Nazi, like it's night. It's the 19. What is it? 1910s? 1910s, the life expectancy is like six. How old do you have to be to legally be a Nazi? (laughs) That's that's true. I I mean, we're also getting into time travel paradoxes a little bit. I'd assume the the minimum age to vote would probably be where I'd start. Look, you have to check fingerprints, uh, take some DNA, and then come back and be like, okay, we confirmed your baby is a Nazi. And then the parents would be like, ah, here you go. Ah, tongue. Yeah. I guess I came out more Scottish. Uh, but yeah. But anyway, time traveling Nazis. So, Werner von Braun was having a, this lovely conversation with Jack Parsons about this new device that he had started working on in Germany before Operation Paperclip. The only thing was that he wouldn't test it himself and he couldn't share it with the public. Otherwise, other countries would come and steal his technology. Yeah, I mean, you know the saying, don't travel time on your own supply. So the year is 1952. Obviously, this is the year that Jack Parsons dies. Mm-hmm. Or does he? Or is it homunculus? He, he doesn't die. That's where I'm getting at. Mm. <laughs> in case you couldn't fucking tell. In case you couldn't follow this line it's of pretty reading. subtle foreshadowing. I know, I'm great. So, 
he steps into this time machine mm-hmm. in the shape of a hot tub. Oh, it, no. was the, mm-hmm. it was the 50s. It, it had to happen. Yeah. Um, with with Werner von Braun at the time. Uh, but oh, obviously, he, okay. he gets out. It was, I mean, it's sex magic. They had yeah. to get him together. Um, but Werner von Braun hops out at the last minute. Mm. And this massive explosion takes place on this film set, in this trailer, in this hot tub. And Jack Parsons is teleported eight years into the future. Uh, that's not that, it's not that bad. Okay. Did I say eight? I meant six. Six years into the oh, future. Oh, that's even better. Like... To 1958. Into the Oval Office with Dwight D. Eisenhower. Mm-hmm. Where Jack Parsons signs the National Aeronautics and Space Act forming NASA. I, I will say... When you say six years is not that bad, if we if you traveled from October of 2016 until now, <laughs> it would be. Oh. I think it'd be a pretty. Short, I think there'd be a lot where you'd have to be like, "Wait, what? That's- <laughs> Excuse me." <laughs> you know, numerically, it's not a yeah. lot. But I, I, you could say the same for yeah. a lot of places, circa 1939, yeah, to 1945. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like a lot say, going on in my head. I was just like, oh, I mean, if you had a dog, like your dog would probably. There's a good chance your dog would still be alive. Not if your like, dog was like 14. No, no, but like, <laughs> I, I, I forgot about everything else in the world yeah. <laughs> being a factor. I mean, this is like pre-Nixon to Watergate. That's that's enough yep. years for that to happen. I mean, th- like 2016 is like the level of like Elon Musk discourse is like yeah. 10 to 5% of what it is now. Literally, even... if you went back six years, it would be that period of time where everyone was like, well, that tape came out. He won't win. Yeah, like, yes. That is where oh. it would be. Yeah. And then and then you'd. <laughs> Never mind. I... COVID would be a whole other discussion. I didn't but... even know who Elon Musk was in 2016, and now he owns Twitter. Oh, man. That's scary. <laughs> yeah, that's... Oh, yeah. Okay. But yes. <laughs> I retract <laughs> my statement. He forces Eisenhower's hand to sign NASA into existence. And the first thing he does is appoint Werner von Braun Mm-hmm. As a head of the rocket division, not himself. That'd be too obvious. He's dead. Yeah, remember that's the big mm-hmm. cover up. <laughs> We're getting into some some deep, dark conspiracies. I I'm on a watch list because of all the websites I went to. <laughs> but <laughs> of course, AlQaeda.com and like I IsisRules.org. Oh, but I was so, going to say, like, it was mostly the one where he bought just a ton of mushrooms, but yeah, <laughs> go, there was go unrelated, yeah, it was unrelated pir- to Pirate the, Bay. To the, yeah. <laughs> but to cover his tracks, Werner von Braun, now six years later, had to destroy all of the teleportation and time mm-hmm. travel technology. That was very important to his plan. He also had to cover his tracks with Parsons. He mm-hmm. got what he wanted. He created NASA. He pioneered, pioneered himself to being the most important rocket scientists 
in the United States. Granted, he's a German, but, you know. So he now has to kill Jack Parsons. So being an occultist himself, Werner Von Braun, he coerces very easily Parsons into another sex cult orgy. Seems, yeah, seems yeah. easy enough to do. <laughs> like, honestly, this dude's on hella meth and loves yeah. to fuck. There's always a sex cult orgy around somewhere. I mean, the guy who killed Garfield was in one. Like, there's always one kicking around someplace. <laughs> Wait, what? The guy who killed Andrew Garfield was in a sex cult. I thought you meant the cat. Oh, that's, that's where well, my head went. I you did mean, go six years in the future, and the guy who kills Garfield is also in a sex cult, but that hasn't <laughs> happened. That's coming up. Also, you said Andrew Garfield, which is, of course, uh, the actor. No, but not like, Andrew I can't, Garfield. James yeah, Garfield. Yeah, James Garfield. Yes, James Garfield. Sorry, that was did a, not know he was in a sex cult. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was a real wild one. The guy who killed McKinley was like a disgruntled. McKinley was an anarchist. Yes, he was like a Goldman follower. But the guy who killed uh, uh, James Garfield was just wild and crazy. We can do an episode on that guy because he's fucking nuts. Uh, He was in a sex cult and nobody in the sex cult liked him. (laughs) Oh, Oh, that. uh, I kind of almost feel bad about him. I I do feel bad about that. Charles Gateau. There we go. Mm -hmm. Could not remember. Anyway, sorry. Oh, boy. So Werner von Braun destroys his hot tub time machine. (laughs) And now he has to kill Jack Parsons. That's where we're at. So how does he do it? He well, he invites. I already said this. He invites him to a sex cult orgy where he takes his flavor aid and his (laughs) arsenic. And he poisons him, but it doesn't kill him. For some reason, Jack Parsons survives in arsenic poisoning. Mm-hmm. Very Rasputin. Absolutely. Sex cult. He's he's addicted to drugs. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, actually, Nick, arsenic's <laughs> not going to hurt him. Speaking he's, of sex cult people who are addicted to drugs, Rasputin. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. There's a lot more sex cults than I really thought there would. It's kind of it kind of makes the whole sex cult thing a little less special. Oh. Kind of cheapens the sex cult. What a what a guy, Rasputin. <laughs> But no, what an so awful. He, he attempts to poison Jack and it doesn't work. So what's the next best get to kill him? Obviously, you can't you can't kill Jack from normal ways. He's almost blown himself up multiple times. He's done every drug under the sun. Mm-hmm. He's 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 Iron Man, except with and this is probably this way is, more syphilis. This is Jim from The Office trying to kill him, but Nazi Jim. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> so regular Jim. <laughs> yes. We skip forward. That's another, how I read The Office anyway. <laughs> we skip forward another 20 years. And we board the Challenger. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> and in his will, at this time, Von Braun is dead. Mm-hmm. But he says, Jack Parsons must be on the Challenger. Jack is like 60-something years old at this point. He's like, he's going out. He's done a lot of drugs. He can barely talk. But he sticks him on the Challenger. He makes sure that that happens. 
And we all know what happened on the challenger. Ron <laughs> tried to mix explosives on board during takeoff. <laughs> A bad time to mix explosives. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Honest. <laughs> I, I, you can't control the guy. He's senile. He's yep. done too many drugs. And that's all he's ever known. And that's the story of Jack Parsons. <laughs> Micah, thank you. Also, speaking of old people in space, this day in history was also John Glenn's uh, like second flight when after he was like a senator or some shit. He's, he's not the oldest person, according to my history. That would be Jack Parsons. <laughs> not the he oldest did, meth addict did. in space. He sold his soul to the devil to go to space. And it happened. Devil did well, it. It didn't happen. He died in the atmosphere, but he tried. <laughs> Maybe he died like one millisecond after technically he was in space. <laughs> like a classic devil's bargain. I mean, he could have died a complete farce on a movie set. Yeah. Or he died on the most televised tragedy at the time. Well, one of, yeah, he could have been one of John Landis's many victims or, um, yeah. Anyway, most, tra- uh, most televised tragedy at the time, it's fallen in the ratings. It's, it definitely years. has. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's man yet that that six year time. I keep thinking about that six year time travel and being like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, When you put that into perspective, that changes a lot. <laughs> oh, man. Listeners, before we move on to judgment, uh, we want to ask that you review this show on your podcast service of choice. Uh, it really, it absolutely helps get new listeners. Um, and we love you, our existing listeners. Uh, we just would like there to be more of you. Um, so yeah, write a review, uh, leave five stars and, uh, any written comment, write about, write like your wish list for your sex cult and then just go have a bunch of sex. Or or masturbate. I don't know how how the sex magic works best for you. Um, so do that. Spread the word. Uh, you can write us a letter. Leave us a comment at revisionistpodcast.com. Just click on the contact form. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram um, for the time being on Elon Musk's Twitter.com, um, which is he's been in charge less than a day. It's already worse somehow um which is saying a lot the fact that he started out with like the worst fucking joke i've ever seen worst the worst and like literally gallagher prop comedy is the way he started yeah like i would i would almost go so far as to say sub gallagher but that's it's the thing and i saw a tweet like this where it's like like the only thing Elon Musk's want Elon Musk wants in this life is to be funny, and he will never be that because he is a dreadfully unfunny person. Um, and like it's just there's so many people like that who have become like like actual like like Elon Musk's monsters. Um, and anyway, uh, that's enough of my disgust about elon musk really don't like that guy you can also uh pledge your support on patreon with as little as a dollar a month um and that is fantastic but also like 
there's more worthy causes in the world. Don't feel like you have to uh, just because we're asking. Um, plugs. I mean, Zach, you co-host the movie trap. Yep. It's a movie podcast because uh, I looked at where I was at as a white man in his thirties. And I was like, could I be more generic? And I said, yes. And I started a movie podcast and uh, we basically have a premise where we pick a topic. Each of the three hosts picks a movie in that topic. And then uh, at the end, whoever wins the round picks the next topic. It's just a gamified version of a, of a show. Basically mm-hmm. uh, we're doing our Halloween roundups uh, right now. Uh, we, it's special time Halloween because we don't have somebody pick a topic. We roll a 20 sided dice out of 20 horror themes. And this time we picked movies that take place around Halloween or on Halloween. Mm-hmm. So that's our topic right now. And we've done um, monster house and trick or treat nice. uh, so far. So, yeah. Awesome. Um, listeners, I'm going to plug um continuing to donate to abortion funds i feel like that has somewhat dropped off people's radar uh but a lot of clinics especially in states like colorado uh for example uh where abortion is you know legal uh and we're surrounded by states where it is not um are seeing a huge increase in demand from people having to travel having to make accommodations um, on top of having to pay for the procedure. Um, so the the need hasn't gone away. Um, so I'll mention that. Like, I don't know if you had anything specifically you want to mention. I know you have been buried in schoolwork. So, yeah, I don't really have a lot. I don't have any, and I don't, I don't do podcasts. Mm-hmm. I don't have one yet. I might soon. Um, but I will plug one thing. It is Midnight Breakfast on Instagram. It is my friend's band, and you should check it out. Awesome. And that's it. Cool. And that uh that brings us to judgment, um, which is this is a fun one for me. I honestly like this guy's true story is so buck wild already. Um, but I also very much like the idea of, well, actually, Werner Braun Baron with a time machine could do some damage. He was a bad person. <laughs> um, I do like that he is canonically dead. So that is, that is, I do, I like that. Um, so I feel like I will still cast my vote for the alternate history because as long as Werner Von Braun can remain dead um, and can't do any more harm um i i like the image of just like him sharing a hot tub uh with a weird sex pervert who did magic uh but listeners voting is now open for you on patreon um and you can also uh stay tuned to our instagram stories uh for last chance voting and other things like that uh but that will do it for this episode uh, Micah, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. And Zach, thank you as always. Of course. Uh, yeah, for everyone here at the Revisionists, have a spook.
spooky Halloween. That yeah, got, so for this Halloween, we're doing Mario. Yeah, that so, got, I was going to say, it because, got very Italian. Because Chris Pratt's not doing Mario, we are going to do Mario uh, as a protest. <laughs> so, Wait, he's not doing Mario? Well, he doesn't really do a voice. Oh, he's not doing the voice. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, this Halloween, we're doing the Mario protest where everybody says, have a happy Halloween in the Mario voice to protest that Chris Pratt is not doing <laughs> the Mario voice. Uh, that's just, if you haven't seen on social media, a lot of people are changing their profile pics to a red and blue image that says, <laughs> have a happy Halloween. <laughs> so that's just a social justice thing that's going on right now. <laughs> Yeah, so listeners, uh, say it in unison. It'll be a really empowering moment. One, two, three. Have a have happy, happy, happy Halloween. Halloween. Fucking Zoom. Jesus Christ. Oh. <laughs> October 29th, 1792. Oregon's Mount Hood is officially named after Samuel Hood and his uncircumcised penis. October 29th, 1901. Jane Toppin, a nurse who is so charming and bubbly and helpful that patients and colleagues affectionately call her Jolly Jane, is arrested for murdering 12 people. October 29th, 1675. Gottfried Leibniz makes the first use of the long S as a symbol of the integral in calculus and the cool pointy S as a symbol of cool people who fuck. And last one, October 29th, 1969. The first ever computer-to-computer -computer link is established on ARPANET, the precursor to the internet, an eventual source of 95% of sexually explicit drawings of Lola Bunny. <laughs> <laughs>